Namaskar. Has the USCIRF been also captured by groups tied to Pakistan? A couple of days ago, we showed you the links of Equality Labs with their funders. And there's going to be one more segment coming shortly on specific funding received from various donors to Equality Labs. So let's just set that thing aside for a second. Let's take a look at what is happening to USCIR. Remember, Secretary of State Anthony Blinken essentially read from this report about the, the concerns for minorities living in India. And one thing I want to say before uh, I do anything else, the USCIRF does not have permission to go into India to have feet on the ground to understand how things are going. So what they do is they rely on the reporting that is coming out of India to make all their reports fair. But the interesting thing is in the 2022 report, it's just a one and a half page summary of what they see in India, maybe two pages, let's say, round it off, right? Two pages, there were 58 links and there was not a single link that talked about what happened in the Delhi riots, who were the ones who were hurt. So it's a very biased one way of looking at the things and so on. So this is what got our attention going. So we've been looking around for some credible data that we can use to try and explain what we see. And there is a thread, Twitter thread that has come out on a Twitter handle called OSINT, Open Source Intelligence. Essentially, this is a handle that appears to use open source to try and trace different disparate events and try and see if there is a connection. And sure enough, we have found some very interesting things about how the USCIRF is now going about its business. And it is supposed to be a taxpayer funded organization, but it appears that it has taken donations. From who? That's where the penny drops. Here you go. So last couple of days, Rana Ayub, who else, has been quoting this USCIRF to show that the minorities are suffering in India and, and never mind that she turns completely blind to what, 12 incidents of stone pelting all across India in a planned manner that they can't explain. So they won't even look at it, but they'll still maintain. And, and 16 people have died in uh, Kashmir and all of them are Hindus. That, no, that's what, what? No, we don't see anything. We don't see anything. This is how these people look like one way bigoted look at what is happening. They have a certain narrative to peddle, but how did the USAIRF come to such a state? So let's take a quick look here. We told you that we have already looked at the equality labs connection with the elements that are like IAMC and uh, AJA and so on and so forth. Now let's take a look at what is happening with USCIRF. So the USCIRF has been around for a while. In fact, Bill Clinton established it. I think he wanted to pander to his Bible Belt constituency to make them feel good that whatever money they were donating to various causes around the world was yielding the right results. By that, I mean conversion. They can't do it here, but they will try to do it in every other country across the world. In fact, they even succeeded in East Timor. I mean, they managed to break Indonesia into two and East Timor today is a Christian country. So these people are pretty powerful. So we have to take that, uh, you know, uh, that we have to admit that they have the power 
to create uh, splits within a country. In fact, it is my contention that they are trying to do the exact same thing with Tamil Nadu and portions of Sri Lanka, combine them together to make it like a, a Tamil Republic of some sort. What about the Sinhala remaining segment? Who knows? At one point, they might convert that also into Christian. So it will be like a Christian Republic of Southern India or something like that. So Christianity and Islam both have political ambitions, but they hide them. But at some point, this does come out. You don't need to look farther than East Timor to, uh, to get the proof of what I just said. Who is the current chair? She is Nadine Mainza. She was appointed by Donald Trump. I don't have much negative to say about her except for one thing, and I'll say that towards the end of this talk. A closer look at the authors who compiled this USCIR report gives you some very big revelations. The 2020 report was written by a person called Harrison Atkins, who was trained by a Pakistani diplomat, Akbar Ahmed. And the 2021 and 2022 reports, I think there's a typo there, on India, that's just like two pages I talked about, was drafted by a Pak national, Niala Mohammed, who's also a critic of India, and I'll show you why she is. So this is Niala Mohammed, and she is a Pakistani-American. I'm not sure if she has gotten American citizenship or not. There's not much information about her. She used to work at Voice of America, and she's the one who's put together this report of India. Now, there is a Hindu representative in USCIR, however token you may want to think about. Her name is Anurima Bhargava. Neither she seems to have written this thing, which is what I would expect to do. After all, India is 80% Hindu and 80-82% Hindu. And uh, or she would have at least overseen this work. Neither of that happened. And like I said, India does not allow USCIRF to come and gather data inside. So they basically look at data available on the cloud. Of course, they only look at left content and left, left, far left content. They don't look at something which seems to be more non-left. This is where I see a problem with USCIRF. But what pushed them to look only at the other things? What pushes them to keep highlighting or trying to highlight that the minorities are not safe in India? Let's take a look at what other funding they got. Now, here's where the things get very interesting. There is a group called Burma Task Force. Now, Burma Task Force is an, a group that is comp comprising of many Pakistani Americans. Maybe they are still Pakistani citizens. That's not important. The fact that is important is they have formed a task force. Now, this is now part of some other entity, and I'll come to that in just a minute. But this task force paid $267,000 between 2018 to 2020 to lobby the USCIRF and get India as a country of particular concern. How do we know? It was there in their website, but go and look for it now. You may not be so lucky. This is the other problem they have. They don't hesitate to cover their tracks by erasing previous pages, but somewhere, somewhere, you will, you're going to be caught. Not everybody is blind. And you are not trying to fool somebody who is uh, looking for these kinds of... doesn't smell right, basically. Okay. So this Burma task force was founded by who? Abdul Malik Mujahid. I'll show you the picture of him in the next uh, slide. In fact, the same person showed up in the Equality Labs report also. Sheikh Obed, he's the IIMC founder. 
1971, war criminal Ashrafuzzaman Khan. I don't know what India is going to do to undo this. Perhaps India doesn't care. That's another matter. I mean, you 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 don't have to really take this. This has no clout, basically. But it is using taxpayer dollars, which is my dollars. And that's where I come in. And I'm concerned that it is doing both. It is having the cake and eating it too. If it is funded by taxpayers, then why is it accepting global funding? Why did it take money from Burma Task Force? $267,000. This is the question that I'm asking. I know they won't respond. They don't think that uh, they, they need to be responding to American citizens. That's okay. This is all going to build up and just watch when the tsunami breaks out. The IAMC has been engaging with USCIRF for a long time and, and they have tried various ways to try and blacklist India, try to embarrass India and so on and so forth. They have sprouted Hindu sounding names which are also indirectly linked with them so that people who are thinking, oh, this is an organization that perhaps looks for the interests of Hindus. Actually, it is not. So these are all some of the things that these people are doing. So what is the problem that I said I have with Nadine? Well, Nadine was one of the speakers at a conference hosted by Hindus for Human Rights. This is the red herring. This is the one that is not for Hindus. In fact, if you look at the hangout that I did with Nikun Trivedi, he lays it out who these people are. They even have, uh, you know, the person, the front is, is an Indian sounding, Hindu sounding name don't be taken in. Also, it, the same panel included Senator Ed Markey, who's a senator from Massachusetts. There is something dubious about this. And I'll tell you what is dubious. When there were uh, primaries for the Senate in 2020, Dr. Shiva Ayadurai ran as a Republican candidate. In a previous primary, he ran as a Democrat. Elizabeth Warren made sure that he wouldn't even get on the podium to debate and, and made sure that you know he got squashed. By 2020, he got wiser. He did a massive street campaigning, door-to-door, door-to-door campaigning. He spent six, eight months of his personal money to try and get the word out there. And in that primary, this, the final results were that a last-minute senator, senatorial candidate from the Republican Party got, I think, 50, 59% and uh, um, Shiva Ayadurai got 40%. But Shiva Ayadurai, smelt a rat and he went to the uh, person who is the custodian of the elections and said, I want to look at the images of all the ballots cast because he had a suspicion that some of the uh, male ballots or one category of ballots were overwhelmingly for him. And that was only in one part of the his constituency. The rest of the place, he couldn't, uh, he didn't find that traction. So he had a, a, a doubt whether there was a problem here, whether, whether there was a hanky-panky. The Massachusetts state said that, no, they don't have ballot images. At which point, Dr. Shiva Ayadri, you know, tweeted it out saying that this is not right. You're supposed to keep all the records for 22 months. However, this is where things get even more interesting. Um, many people weighed in, including Harvard and other experts. After all, you're talking about Massachusetts. And they said that it is not necessary for this to be kept for 22 months. Plus, they had never taken ballot images. What it means is the ballots are there. It is in the custody of the government. Unless they destroy it, that is there. But for them to be open and a manual count be done, 
a judge would have to approve it. So what did Dr. Ayadore do? I believe he has two lawsuits. If there is any chance that he wins one of those, then trust me, this would be the first time somebody would prove that 2020 elections were manipulated. Thanks for watching. Please like, share and subscribe to our channel. And do not forget to click on the bell button for notifications. And you also know that if you like this program, please show your support by clicking on the super thanks button. Thank you very much. Namaskar.